I knew that when you were watching that, you were going, look at that no neck motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, I was. How is she, the little five foot six inch, you know, Nick going to kick that guy's <laughs> while she does? She kicks that no neck motherfucker's ass. Welcome, everyone, to the Electric Boogaloo Podcast, the show where we expertly navigate the cinematic universe, jumping over the original to dive deep into the world of sequels. Have you ever stumbled upon a sequel of one of your beloved classics? You examine the movie details, ready to embark on a cinematic journey, only to be met with disappointment as you find the sequel pales in comparison to the original. Or did you discover a sequel that outshines the original? Well, we review these movies that perhaps were better than the original or maybe should never have been made. I'm your host, Scott, and as always, by my side is my trusted movie companion, the only man who is proud of his white leather Herb Tarlick shoes in 1986, my co-host, Brad. How are you, Brad? You know, I, other than it was the 80s, I have absolutely no idea why the hell I bought those things. I was so proud of those shoes. I wore them out once. Everybody gave me so much shit for it. And then my fucking dog ate them anyway, so I never got the chance to wear them again, which I guess was probably a good thing. Yeah, and I was one of the people at the front of the line making fun of oh, you yeah, for wearing those oh, shoes. I know. <laughs> no, I don't know. It was the 80s. All right. That's all I'm going to say. It was the 80s. They were, you know, white leather shoes were were quite a popular item. Yeah, the problem was you wore them without socks and flowered shorts. So I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Let's let's uh, yeah. Oh shit. That's right. I forgot the flower shorts. <laughs> well, we are going to skip through the eighties today, Brad, and we're going to, we're going to do a sequel that was just released. If you can believe it. That's right. We today we're doing extraction Two, starring Correct. Chris Hemsworth and nobody else that you'll know. <laughs> So let me start off uh, today's episode by uh, letting the audience, letting the audience know two things. One thing is that Brad is never allowed to pick a movie by himself with, without proper supervision. And second of all, I think you're going to probably know how I felt about this movie. So <laughs> let's jump into extraction two. fuck. And Brad's going to start us off with the deets. Brad, what are some of the deets of this movie? You know, this, this might actually be the first film that we completely disagree on. Well, this is also, if you listen to last week's episode, this is the first time that we've actually, well, I've actually watched the sequel without having seen the original. So we've talked about it before. We were going to always, we're going to do a sequel that you and I have both not seen the original yes uh, but for this particular time when we left you unsupervised to choose the movie i hadn't seen the original but you have so you might be able right. to offer a little bit of insight to me while we're reviewing this movie all right all right let's let's get her done get now, into the deets. extract extraction two came out last year 2023 um extraction came out in 2020 so three years, you know, pandemic, whatever. Anyway, directed by Sam Hargrave. You know, Sam Hargrave didn't hadn't really directed anything prior to doing Extraction. He did some short films, but he was a stunt coordinator and a fight coordinator. He was the Captain America stunt double in the Avengers. That's pretty cool. Now, I mean. An eye for action, okay? I know we'll we'll disagree about this in a little bit, but he was a stunt coordinator for Avengers Endgame, for Deadpool 2, and for Suicide Squad. All he good was, flicks. Now, he was fight coordinator for Avengers Infinity War, Atomic Blonde, and that's impressive, Captain America Civil War, and uh, Hunger Games, mocking j1 and 2 he's almost like a, another chad stahelski that's right never really that's directed right. anything but you know is able to put together a pretty good action movie yeah yeah i mean well you know we'll say stahelski is probably a little better off after john wick but yeah 
Uh, now, Extraction, both of them written by the Russos, Joe and Anthony, of course, the Avengers guys, got their first big break directing um, Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier. So, starring. Oh, it's also written by somebody named Andy Parks. I, I don't know who he is. Starring, as you mentioned, the Chris Hemsworth as Tyler Rake, what is basically a cameo by Idris Elba, and a whole bunch of other people that were very good. I'm just not even going to pretend that I can pronounce their names. All so right, I'm well, <laughs> not even going to try. I will give it a try because yeah, all right. Golshifta Farahani, was, uh, who played Nick, Tyler Rake's sidekick, she was awesome. She was Adam Beza Bessa. He is actually um, a friend. He played her He's from brother. France. He played Yaz. He was great. Uh, Torniki Gorgiciani, who played. Because, see, that's why I'm not even trying to pronounce <laughs> them because you you're butchering these names. No, I'm not. Tor Tornike Gorgiciani. Like I anyway. His he played Zurab and Nicolos, which I didn't know by the way. I'll mention that later. He played both brothers in the movie. Uh, a bunch of other people from very little known uh, projects. And I'm looking down the list of the other actors in it, and I have no idea because they were mostly people that just got killed. <laughs> now, it, it, was, um, it was produced by the Russos, and the Chris Hemsworth got paid $20 million for it. Good grief. We don't have any box office folks because it's obviously a Netflix show and they do not even give out the viewership numbers. They, they do not. Now, they apparently don't. the first one, depending on what you read, the first one had a budget of about 65 million and the second one was a little more. I, I, I don't know how they recoup that through Netflix, what Netflix pays. I, I have no idea. Well, now I know why Chris Hemsworth did it, because they gave him $20 million to do this flick. And it was a fantastic film. Does he have a gambling problem or something? Like, was he desperate for money? <laughs> it was. They, they're quite popular movies. He's got to put his kids through school, I guess, or something. Like, it's hey, true. Hey, Chris, do you, true. Want, do you want to do a second one? No. How much you want to give me? That was my attempt at an Australian accent, by the way. I, I, I thought you were stroking out. <laughs> I was trying to sound like Chris Hemsworth, but... okay. Uh, how much you want to give me? 20 million bucks? I'll be there tomorrow. Yes. But your kid's got a soccer game. I don't care. It's 20 million bucks. That's right. Well, since we don't have any box office numbers, and we don't have any viewership numbers, because this is, I believe, the first movie we've done that was a streaming movie. Yes. The, oh, yes sorry, yes. A, a streaming-specific movie. Yes. Because The Matrix came out streaming the same time it was uh, released in the theaters, but this never went to the theaters. This was just a Netflix project. All right, so let's. Uh, you've got a couple of uh, reviews. I've got a couple of reviews. Why don't you start, Brian? Well, uh, let's start with now. IMDb has for Extraction an overall score of six point eight. Okay. And for Extraction Two, a score of seven. Wow. Okay. So this is one of the first times that we've seen the IMDb give the sequel a better score. A little bit, a little tiny bit. Rotten Tomatoes for Extraction 2, 79% mm -hmm. certified yep. fresh from the critics. 85% audience score. Really? Yeah. So a, Interesting. A big, Neither one too far apart. That's a big audience score. It really is. It is. It is. What I did, know. What did the, what we, so since we don't care what the critics have said, what are some of the viewers saying on the IMDb, Brad? Well, I'll give you one here by Namob, um, who gave it a 5 out of 10. And Namob says it's an okay popcorn movie, but kind of dumb and mindless. Like a Michael Bay movie. Which I think is a, an absolute positive. <laughs> Aside from the 5 out of 10, I don't agree with that. Right, what do you got? <laughs> Here's one from a guy whose name is Merlin T. It's actually should have been called Yoda. So good the movie is. Must watch this action movie. So like freaking Yoda. 
Here's a guy. Here, that, this guy. Oh, so do you have another one? Yep. Okay, go ahead. Um, here's one. Um, eight out of ten by Feast Mode. Extraction is awesome. Extraction two is more awesome. Uh, okay. And that's it. <laughs> here's one from Forged S. He gave it four, three, uh, I guess technically you kind of gave it three and a half out of five, almost four out of five. Forge Desk gets a throat punch just right out of the gate for his first sentence. John Wick, eat your effing heart out. Oh, fuck you, Forge Desk. My God, this movie is a punch straight to the throat. Oh my God, I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I swear to God, I haven't read this. Then the face, <laughs> Brad, listen to this. <laughs> my eyes are going blurry <laughs> my god this movie is a punch straight to the throat then the face and a kick to the groin for good measure slowing it down this movie literally picks right back up where its predecessor left off after a short rehab montage former Australian SAS Tyler Rake okay now he's just giving a synopsis so but I can't believe he said <laughs> throat punch and a dick punch. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he meant that in a good way as opposed to our way, which mm-hmm. is everyone gets a throat punch and then sometimes a dick kick. Uh, the Sean S said uh, four out of five stars. This is a truly action packed, adrenaline filled rampage of a movie. This is a great Saturday afternoon action movie that is worth watching. I want to see a lot, a lot of good reviews on this one. Hold on. Let me see if I can find real quick. Okay. Here's one and a half stars by Patrick C. All action, continuous gunfire, very little plot. Well played, bad guys. Obviously ended with an opening to a 3D, to a third in the franchise. Um, oh, okay. Here's, uh, I can't, it's actually, the, the person's name is all in some kind of um, like weird typewriter characters. Uh, uh, you got half a star. This movie is completely illogical, just as sorrowful as its first installment. I wouldn't know because I didn't see the first one. Let's see. Okay, so there's that. Uh, Ben C. said better than the first. Extraction 2 packs in the action, yet has time to fit a heavily developed plot with well-fleshed-out characters. Lots of fun. Wow, Ben C., you have no idea how to watch a movie. (laughs) <laughs> nc is totally um totally ca- counted out yeah loser uh, okay so let's let's just really really quickly because there's only gonna be one of them let's get to the movie scale it's time to, to weigh the original <laughs> now right. extraction one i am you have an, no idea i'm an na because i did not see it because brad told me not to watch it before i watched this movie that's right. That's right. All uh, right. Well, in that you, case, ex- Extraction 1 is going to have a score of 75. 75. So that gives us an average of 75. That's right. We'll come back to the movie scale at the end of our review, and we will give Extraction 2 a, com- a score, and we'll be able to compare. Excellent. All right. So we're going to jump into Extraction 2. And I really don't have any kind of pithy line to say for us to get into it. But Brad, are you ready to put on a bulletproof vest and grab a rifle and just shoot stuff? Like, (laughs) Yes. All right, let's get into it. Act one. Fuck. (laughs) All right, act one. (laughs) Okay, let me start again. Act one. Tyler Rake, recovering from traumatic injuries, is reluctantly forced into retirement until he is thrown back into action to rescue the wife and children of a ruthless Georgian warlord. All right, so I'm going to start off right away, and then I'm going to let you put your two cents in. There was a oneer that they did. Like, so for folks who don't know what a oneer is, it's a one shot. They don't ever well, stop. We talk about that when we get to it. Well, it's almost at the front of the of the episode. So I just want to yeah. go out and say, best oneer I've ever seen in a movie. That may be the only positive thing I may say about this movie, but the fact is, is that it was one of the best oneers. So we'll get to it. I just had to preface it. Okay. All right. 
So act one. Uh, okay. Now as, as a guy who hadn't seen the first one, all I see is him fall off a bridge. It's kind of a montage shot in slow motion. He looks like he's ter- tremendously injured. We think he's dead. I guess that's the way that the first movie ended, Brad. That's the way the first movie ended. Okay, so it was just a cliffhanger. <laughs> Pardon the pun, because it was should have been a bridge hanger, because that's what he fell off of backwards. God, I just that would have been the. This is two hours and two minutes of my life. I wish I had had back. All right. Well, you know what? Surprise, surprise. It's the sequel. So he's still alive. They find him on a beach and they take him to a hospital in Dubai. And he is basically, I think, well, I think the total timeline was about nine or 10 months. And he's trying to learn how to walk again. Right. We are reintroduced, I guess, to Nick, spelled N-I-K, played by Iranian, sorry, not I. Iranian actress. Let me try and say her name again. Oh, her name is Gol Shifta Farahani. Super hot, by the way, um, and super badass. She might. Yes. Get, she might get my favorite character in this. Uh, so he's in the hospital and he wakes up from a coma, and the nurse goes and gets everybody. And Nick comes into the room and he is muttering something. So she leans in and he says, "Fuck off." So I don't know what that meant, but I guess that meant that they're friends. Yes. And then he gets forced into retirement. He He's in. Which the, didn't last long. No. And I'm going to say it now because. <laughs> okay. So actually, hold on. Let me ask you. Was the guy like the, these Georgian bad guys, were they in the first movie? Like, do we know um, who they are? No. Okay. So we're introduced to some dude with this scar on his face and a beard and his face tattoo and his brother's in jail. Uh, and he, he kills some dude in a suit, like the governor or something like that. I guess it's just to establish his power. He's this Georgian warlord and not Georgia, the state folks, Georgia, the country in Europe. And then Tyler's retired in a house in Austria. Now I'll tell you what I saw. All right. All I thought to myself was, hmm, I wonder if there's going to be a Rocky Four montage of him, you know, lifting logs or chopping wood. <laughs> Fuck. How, listen, honestly, like, how predictable was that? Like, he's got a toucan and he's, he needs to be rehabilitated. But one of the pleasant surprises, I think, for a lot of people, because he's not in the credits, Idris shows up. Correct. Good old Idris, who they work together in all the Thor movies. That's right. Well, this is where he's forced out of retirement. And then, funny enough, insert Rocky getting better (laughs) montage. Like, fuck me, how predictable. Good grief. So the basic premise of Act 1 is that he has to, he's been hired to rescue the wife of one of these brothers who are warlords and their two kids. The little girl is back to kick more ass. Okay. So folks, if you've watched our baby boogaloo, watched, if you've listened to our baby boogaloo episode from a couple of weeks ago, you'll know that we had the toughest who can kick the most ass tournament. Correct. And fucking Tyler rake won. Mm hmm. Mm, yeah, only because did, John. Did w- you watch? Did you watch this movie? Like, come on, he kicks ass. Well, there were a couple of scenes where I was like, I think I'll go make some toast. But he got hit in the head with the back of a brick, like in the back of the head with a brick. Like, come on, John Wick wouldn't. That, no. So I am officially contesting the results of the who who can kick the most ass episode, and we have to do a redo. I don't even remember who. His last one was, who was the last two, the final two? It was Tyler Rake versus James Bond, which that's, oh. uh, when we get to the end of the movie, I'm going to give you my fan theory of the movie, of the, right. uh, of the end of the movie. Uh, yes, we, John Wick didn't make it into the tournament, if you've listened no. to it. If not, please go back and listen to that episode. It was a lot of fun to do. Uh, and tell us on Instagram what you think about it, because... I want to officially contest those results because I gave in. Tyler Rake is no 
John Wick? I don't think you gave in. We did roll the dice. No, no, that was to pick the the places that they go into the tournament. But I acquiesced because you kept saying how great Tyler Rake is, and he can't even take a brick to the back of the Tyler. Listen, Tyler out. Rake versus James Bond. He's going to kick the shit out of him. Mm. Well, he's twice the fucking size, and he's just he's going to beat the ever living shit out of him. I watched how he fought, and John Wick would have kicked his ass. Okay, but John Wick wasn't part of the tournament. I know, that's why I'm contesting the tournament, because I think that we should redo it and enter, enter put John Wick in it. I'll just I'll, Okay, but I'll then all you it. got, then, <laughs> then there's no point in even doing the tournament. John Wick wins. Yes. So I win, because so. I picked John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. All right, back to the movie. <laughs> all right, back to the movie. So, um... Was there going to be an, a, 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 um, a Rocky training in the snow monta- montage? Yes. Yes. In fact, there was. He's chopping wood Wait. and he's pulling skids of wood. And he literally does it for 30 seconds. And miraculously, his shoulder, which is probably mangled, is fine. And then we get to the extraction in the prison. Listen, a good, a good training montage is always a great thing. Maybe in 1986 in a Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, and that's and what? Okay, because this was trying to be so much more than something like that. But, well, probably. Well, all right. Let's 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 see if we can get uh, Joe and Anthony Russo on the show and say, "Hey, guys, when you wrote that scene where he's training and chopping wood, did you not think about Rocky Four? And if they say yes, okay, then I'll never watch anything they, they ever make again. Like, come yes, up, come up, see, oh, probably. Yeah, I will. I will. Mm. Yeah, it's the Russos, you know. Yeah. You All right, so we're in the we're in the prison, and this is where I'm going to go back to one of the best oneers ever. This was, by the way, uh, if you remember the beginning of Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, where Tom was in prison breaking out, same prison. Yep, I, I read that actually just this morning. I was trying to find similarities, but obviously they filmed it differently, and honestly, they did a great job with the lighting. Yes. They did a great job with the, excuse me, with the choreography. Like, and what I, I don't mean the fight choreography necessarily. And again, we're dealing with a producer, sorry, a director who is an action guy. He's a stunt yeah. man, right? So yes. the, the only thing I, ha- I hated was the fact that he gets hit in the back of the head with a brick and he kind of gets all dizzy. Then he gets back up and he starts kicking more ass. You know, John Wick wouldn't have, he would have just went, Hey, you hit me in the head now. And then he'd turn around and kill him. Dude, why are you harping on the brick? The guy <laughs> got hit in the head with a fucking brick. What's the problem? Of course it's going to hurt. Yeah, but he's not. It's because he's not John Wick. He's some like weak-minded freaking former essay. <laughs> oh, oh, weak-minded fool. <laughs> uh, great wonder though. And great choreography. I mean, overall, the way that they walked through the prison and he knew uh, that thing with the glow-in-the-dark arrows. Great idea. Um, it really felt like it was professional. It was like almost, I felt like this must be how the, the guys do it in real life. Like the Navy SEALs or the British SAS or, you know, Canadian Special Forces. That, that This must be how they do these things because it was really realistic. So I give it the winner. And that's pretty much the only nice thing I might say about this movie, except for the actress who played Nick, who was super awesome. He actually, um, Hargrave, the director, he, uh, for the, um, for the part in the prison with the fight, he showed the cast, uh, a documentary of a pack of hyenas attacking a lion. And he said, that's what I want this to look like. Interesting. Yeah. If I go back in my memory to, to that scene, it really totally did seem like that. Yeah. Yeah, where they were all trying to surround him to, you know, pick it, pick him apart one piece at a time because he was a lion. That's awesome. It still doesn't make up for the rest of the movie, but we'll get to that soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good grief. I choke it on my Bailey's court. <laughs> all right. So they, uh, so what I did like also was the, now another train fight. <laughs> you said a few episodes ago. Yeah, I've seen train fights before when we did Matrix 4, yep. but, but this was good. Like, this was not super crowded. The, 
you know, the guys kind of breach the side of the shipping container on the train and they get in and Chris kicks, um, Tyler, sorry, Tyler kicks some ass shot, shoots down a helicopter, which was pretty cool too. But my, my favorite part of that scene is actually Nick in the, in the, in the lead, in the, uh, in the engine, in the driver's compartment. The scene where she, the one bad guy takes a small knife and stabs her in the shoulder. And all she does is just this tribal, like, scream. And then she yep. kicks his ass. Like, she's just yes. badass. She was. She was. Totally. They should sure. give her a movie and she should be the, the lead. And she should have to go and rescue Tyler because he can't take a brick to the head without falling down, loser. Jesus Christ. It took a brick to the head. You take a brick to oh, the head. Oh, come on. It was like, it was a, it was a small brick. And the guy probably hadn't eaten in weeks because he's in some Georgian prison. It was a small he didn't even hit him that hard. You know what? You're okay. Never mind. I'll get to that later. <laughs> All right. So they get on the train, and the train crashes, which pretty much brings us to the end of Act One. Any special thoughts about what went? on? I mean, on in you Act didn't One? talk about the the car chases or anything having to do with that either. Wait, there was a car chase. <laughs> Getting to the getting to the train. Wait a minute. You mean the car chase where they 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 have like the bulletproof cars? Like it was the it was all part of this twenty minute wonder. Yeah, I saw that in insert every single action movie ever made. Jesus yeah, I saw Christ, it in that one. Man. Dude, there was uh, I watched. See, you 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 should have paid a little more attention to the making of this. I think you should have watched a few a few uh, making of videos on it. Like the fact that they had riders on motorcycles sitting backwards, like handing the camera into the car to other people to move it into the back seat to hand it back out to somebody else on another motorcycle so that they can film this shit while these cars are actually driving at speed. Like the way that they did this, it was phenomenal. It was, it, it was one of the best action scenes I, I've ever seen. I will give you that, but we don't know that as we're watching the movie and most people aren't going to go and look at a behind the scenes. Now it does give great uh, kudos to shooting that type of wonder. I totally agree. Yes. I don't think that a regular audience person is going to be kind of as knowledgeable as you are and have, have watched that. So well, listen, you, we enjoy movies. A lot of people enjoy the making of movies and the, and the spectacular efforts that go into them. And that's why I wanted to bring this up. Like the part on, when the helicopter was landing on the moving train, which is going 40 miles an hour, which, okay, isn't overly speedy, but it's still a helicopter landing on a moving train. And Hargrave, I mean, he's a stunt guy, so obviously, but he was the one that was holding the camera running underneath the helicopter just before it lands on top of the moving train. And, I mean, he spent so much time running after people, holding the camera. He's, he's running, like, full bore behind people as they're running full bore. I mean, you got to give this guy props for all the shit that he did in order to make this, in order to make that come together. I totally do. I totally do. And the one thing that I really liked was the fact that the camera, now, they must have been using some kind of steady lens, right? Like, he was holding a steady cam or it's it was a it was a camera that had a built in steady yeah thing. something like that don't ask me because how they there was the no shaking you know a no. lot of times when you're filming no. and they're running and the camera shakes like as if it's your face your own eyes yeah. doing it yeah makes everyone nauseous mm -hmm. hello jason Bourne. Yes, or the typical one where the person's got the camera in front of them, and it's usually strapped to their chest. Strapped to their chest, yeah. And it's it's kind of a it's kind of a fish a fish eye uh, like a fish lens. It's usually right. a bit warped. Yep. And that just makes everybody nauseous. I know, I know my wife Joe. She hates those scenes. She closes her. Eye. I'm like, oh, oh front facing running camera coming, and she's like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
but so okay so yes again i'm not going to deny that it's the one of the best oneers and the longest i think it was something like 23 minutes long and it it took like 28 days to film yeah so just yeah. unbelievable that they were able to not have to say okay cut reset let's go to second camera and you know anything like that so i got to give it total kudos and yes the the car chase scene was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know anything about about um, Nick and what's the Yaz. I don't know who they are, right? Uh, because I didn't see the first movie. But what I what I'm assuming is is that they're rich. Like they're living, they're in this apartment. He's wearing Valentino shirts, and they've got like at their disposal just you know randomly hey here's four bulletproof suvs like fantastic like the i wonder if that was how much special effects went into it because i had read that they didn't use a lot of special effects like most of it was practical effects and most of the actors did their own stunts right but the shooting right. of the bulletproof vehicle was pretty cool it was it was yeah i mean um she, like she Go, go, <laughs> I can't pronounce your name, so I'm not, so I, I'm not even going to try. Um, Nick, go, go, shift. Yeah, her. Yeah. Uh, like they, there was one part where they were in an SUV and they actually, they actually like flip this SUV and they run out of this SUV. And they're about 20 feet away when the thing explodes. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I, uh, it was really well done. It was, yeah, those were practical, practical effects. Practical. Uh, there's a couple of times too, where I know that Chris Hemsworth must've been very close to a hand grenade going off or mm -hmm. a vehicle exploding. So I have to give again, like I have to give credit where credit is due. And he's standing on top of a moving train 15 feet away from helicopter blades. Any number of things could have gone wrong, but I'm sure yes. they prepared immensely for it. Yeah. Uh, but that is, um, I'm just trying to think of a phrase to use. That's kind of the whole kit and caboodle there for me, as far as this movie goes. I'm not going to be as forgiving in Act Two and Act Three. <laughs> it's it's an action movie. All right, okay. let's continue. All right, so we're going to head towards the end of Act One. Uh, we see that the train has uh, crashed, and they're making their way to a very nice private jet. This is why I'm thinking that Yaz and Nick have got money. Yeah, I don't even know who they are. Like, if were they not in the first money ones? Or, they are. But I mean, like, I don't know if it's, they don't really say if this is government money or where the hell they get it. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're probably ex-military. They're probably, I assume they're brother and sister, um, yes. which I think I realized at the end that they were. They, they, they live in a beautiful apartment in, in Dubai. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's, maybe it's private money and they are just, you know, Mercenaries for hire, yeah, kind of yeah, like I, Tyler I really Rake is. I really don't remember actually from from the first one. I'll have to go back and watch that again. I'll give them credit; they're they're cool. They've got all the toys. The train crashes, and they get on a very expensive airplane, and we are going to take a quick break before we jump into the action of Act Two. And where we're going to learn a little bit more about the bad guys, whose name is Zerab. Zerab, the bad guy. Is there a traitor amongst us, Brad? That's quite possible. Let's find out in Act 2. We'll be right back after this message. Guests of the show stay at the fabulous and historic Have a Nap Motel, right in the heart of Scarborough. Please ignore the homeless guy on the front step. That's just Fred, our bellhop. Hourly rates available. Welcome back to the Electric Boogaloo Podcast. Brad, we're going to jump into Act 2. Nice. 
As the team gathers in Vienna to prepare for their final escape, we find out that there is a traitor in the group, allowing Zurab the opportunity to mount an offensive to retrieve his niece and nephew. What did you think of Act 2? Because it was a little bit slower. It didn't necessarily... Here's another criticism from Scott. It didn't necessarily create any more plot. This was really just a steal two kids and a woman. Bad guy wants them. What happens at the end? So, a couple of things we find out that the train is crashed and they've escaped onto a private jet. Do we know where it's headed? Not really. I think it's Austria. But we find out that Sandro has picked up a cell phone and called his uncle Zurab to let him know where they are. He is the traitor amongst us. You want to get into the throat punch right now? Um, sure. All right. Finish him. That's right. We're going to give a throat punch. Now, we don't, th- we have a rule on the, sh- on the show that we don't throat punch children. But Sandro's uh, you know, probably 17 or 18 years old. So Sandro gets my throat punch because A, he's a traitor. He's not only a traitor to the, what was the name of the group of these guys? Whatever they call themselves, the, the Nazis or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, shit. I don't care. He's I, a traitor. I, I just say I don't care. I don't remember. <laughs> he's a traitor to them, but he's also a traitor to his own mom. Sandro gets my throat punch. Brad, who gets yeah. it? You know what? Which, uh, which studio or writer <laughs> or fucking not appearing on the screen gets your throat punch? Okay, I understand the rule. You're supposed to throat punch a character in the movie. But this is where you and, go, kiss my ass. It's my throat punch. I can do whatever I want. And I think maybe I've done that once so, so far. I actually throat punch a character in the movie. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. I'm actually going to agree with you. Uh, Sandro deserves the throat punch in this one. He does. He, thank he does. you. I he appreciate does. that. The, was a jerk move. It was. It was. He was conflicted, and that Tyler killed his dad, but he doesn't realize what an absolute douchebag his dad is, and that all his mom wants to do is have what's good. And the little actress that played the daughter. There's a scene. I don't know whether it's in Act Two or Act Three, but there's a scene where they're on an elevator, and Tyler looks over at her, and she kind of winks at him. I don't know if it was whether because she had hair in her eye, but such a great little actress. Like she barely had any lines except in, I believe the language that they speak in Georgia is actually called Georgian. Right. She says a couple of lines and I wonder if she was a native Georgian and maybe didn't speak English. I don't know. She's a little girl. Yeah. She, did, she Her character was fantastic with, you know, just, she just looks up at him and gives him this wink. Like we're going to be okay, man. You're going to save the day. Yeah. She was wicked. So we get, uh, so Sandra gets her throat punch. Sandra, you're a dick. And maybe you get a dick kick too. Uh, He deserves both. Yeah. So Sandra confronts Tyler when they're in Vienna. They're out on the balcony. And this is the, the good, you know, the, the, the good versus evil lecture that Tyler gives him. I wonder how many minutes it took the Russos to write that because it's been in every fucking movie that's ever been <laughs> Dude, made. Dude, you're Actually, just you know. shitting all over this thing. Well, watch me give it like a 90. No. <laughs> <laughs> but this basically is giving Sandro a choice. You can be a dick and go and be a crime lord, or you can be a cool dude and you can take care of your mother because she needs you. And he's trying to explain to him what an absolute D-bag his father was. But he doesn't want to believe it because it's his dad and teenage boys have this unusual, like clouded fantasy of how cool their father is. But that gives us the whole throat punch, except a helicopter is seen in the distance. And Chris, not Chris, Tyler looks at him and says, oh boy, what did you do? I would have thrown him off the balcony. Right then and there. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that one because he knew exactly what the kid did. And that's terrible. That was a terrible thing to do to them. Like the, the, the guy is trying to save them. Yeah. And he, he, you know, he gets, he gets stabbed in the back Yeah, by a 17 year old kid. Actually, he doesn't get, you know what? We'll rephrase that. He gets hit in the back of the head by a brick by a 17 year old. 
But it was a small brick, so it shouldn't have hurt, right? Well, the bad guys have assembled for revenge. Yeah. And Sandro now must choose because they're escaping the building. They're Mm -hmm. in the SUV in the garage. Nick's in one. Tyler's in the other with the, the, I don't even know what her name was, the blonde lady, the mother. Yeah, the mother. And Sandro jumps out, and then now Nick's got to go get him, or, you know, somebody else is in Jazz. No, his name's not Jazz. Yaz has got to go get him. And this is where he makes his choice, which he chose not wisely. He chooses to go with Zurab. With his jerk. Yeah, with this jerk. Well, and then we get to, um, which was actually a pretty cool scene. Uh, did it okay? So the rooftop scene where they're on the glass and and Nick is knocked out and the dude is knocked out, and Hemsworth shoots through the glass and then jumps and then shoots the base of the glass and then hangs onto a thing and then Zurab comes out. I mean, that was a good fight. That was a good good fight up there, saving Nick from sliding off the roof to fall 35, 40 stories. Did you not think about, I still know what you did last summer when Brandy's walking on the top and it's like, don't step on the glass, you idiot. Step on the side supports. Well, I, I think that big Jesus building glass, aside from that little greenhouse glass, and I still know what you did. I, I think that was a little different. A bigger one, more glass, thicker. But, you know, uh, Tyler was able to shoot through the floor and fall through it so that he could grab the frame and then Zerab comes and shoots him in the hand. Right. That must have freaking hurt. Yes. And I don't know. He kept hanging on because that's his, that was his bad shoulder. Remember the one that yeah. he hurt chopping yep. wood in the montage in Rocky four. <laughs> fucking hell. All right. So, uh, <laughs> great scene. I knew, I just knew it when I was watching it. Cause Tyler goes after Zerab and Nick goes in to get the mom and the daughter, I believe. And the guy that shows up, the big no neck motherfucker. Yes. Yes. I knew that when you were watching that, you were going, look at that no neck motherfucker. Like, (laughs) yes, yes, I was. (laughs) How is she, the little five foot six inch, you know, Nick going to kick that guy's Well, she does. She kicks that no neck motherfucker's ass. Was that yeah, that was he didn't have a neck. No neck. It was just, he it was, was just, just head all, on was, top of a big Jesus body. Shoulders, shoulder pads. Like, why does that guy need shoulder pads? I bet you if John Wick could have like been like when John Wick's fighting the, the sumo guy. Yeah, shoot him in the head and he still gets up. <laughs> but yeah, because <laughs> the bullet just bounced off of his no neck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this movie sucked. Sorry. Um, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's take a break while we end act two. And when we come back from the break, we're going to finish up the movie. Brad owes me two hours of my life back. <laughs> let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. The producers say that the 100th person to follow us will receive a one-year supply of Uncle Desi's cookies. Not bad, eh? Please allow 24 to 48 weeks for delivery. Reluctantly, welcome back to the Electric Boogaloo podcast as we get into Act 3 of Extraction 2. Yay. All right, here we go. So, so much, so much negativity. (laughs) Act three. The final showdown has Zurab and Tyler battle for the life of Sandro. Tyler must do everything in his power to save him and also suffer the ramifications of his actions. So they they escape from the building in another helicopter. But Yaz takes a couple of bullets in the back from Zurab. Yeah. Poor Yaz. Yeah, poor Yaz. Goodbye, Yaz. Goodbye. Goodbye, Yaz. So Yaz dies, unfortunately. I loved he was his, good. I like. I him. loved his character. He was like, you, you watch him and he's wearing these fashion designer shirts and he's in this luxurious apartment. Then he's in tactical gear shooting the shit out of guys. This guy, guy's badass. 
Yeah, I mean, he didn't have white leather shoes, but he, he was dressed very well. No, he had he had black leather shoes from the aughts instead of white leather shoes from the 80s. But still cool enough, kids. Cool enough. Yeah, and his dog didn't eat them. So they get to the safe house after escaping again. And they, uh, you see a very intimate scene, actually, between Nick and Yaz. Or he's 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 on on the bed and she's um, she's bathing his body and cleaning the blood from him and giving him the fist bump that that they do. Maybe they started that in the first movie. I don't know. Uh, and, but Tyler's ex wife shows up. Now this is the part of the movie I wanted to know if you knew this. If you knew this in the first movie, did you know about his ex wife and his kid dying of cancer, or was that something that happened before the first movie started? Uh, you knew that his kid died, but I, there, I didn't, there was nothing about the ex-wife. Okay. So the ex-wife shows up. You certainly didn't meet her. I think she was mentioned, but you certainly didn't meet her. Oh, okay. So the ex-wife shows up and then Nick finds out that Tyler, and I don't know her name, that his ex-wife is actually this, the other woman's sister. Yes. Cause she was wondering, how do you know how to speak Georgian? And she's like, well, that's because his ex-wife is my sister. And Nick's kind of like. When were you planning on telling me that, asshole? But he didn't. He's got all these secrets to hide. The fact that he's not, you know, that he can't handle a fucking brick to the back of the head. Jesus. So so the ex shows up. She's going to be doing some stuff to try to help um, Tyler get get the, um, the mom and the kids out. But she doesn't want to go anywhere without getting, what's his face, Sandro back. So... We see the next scene is Zurab talking to, I'm going to call him his uncle. The guy, the older guy who's trying to be the voice of reason. Yeah. Okay. So they have this, they have this interesting conversation and he starts reading excerpts from the Bible and the fucker shoots him. What a dick. Yeah. Like we didn't need for him to be established anymore as an asshole character. And I quite liked that guy. I found him endearing. He was trying to be the voice of reason. He was trying to calm him down. You know, let the kid go. He needs to be, you know, your brother was a dick. And then he shoots him like, well, now you're a dick too. Yeah. So Tyler and his back, back to the safe house. And there's not much interaction between Tyler and his wife. It's one of those things where they have that conversation of, uh, well, why did you leave? Why didn't you come back? I had to do it. And, you know, our kid died. But that happens a lot in relationships. You lose a child. Sometimes, you know, the marriage is going to break up. Yes. Uh, But then we... Uh, we get a phone or he gets a, a a typical phone call to set up the final showdown. How he got his phone number. I have no idea. Fuck's sake. It, it was in the script. Every single movie. And then, although, you know what? I got to give kudos to Chris, Chris Hemsworth's character. Cause he did have some funny eighties esque lines throughout the movie, like in the car chase with the motorcycle guys and the shooting. He said something punny basically. So, and that's okay. What's not okay is that um, we get to the final showdown. Tyler gets hurt fighting the guys to get into the church. You know, John Wick wouldn't have been hurt. And Sandro's got a bomb strapped to him. So the, 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 the doofus kid picked to stay with his uncle instead and become a Stanazi or whatever the hell they're called instead of taking care of his mom and his sister. So, you know what? To thank him, his uncle puts a fucking bomb on him. Well, he made the wrong choice. (laughs) He did not choose wisely. No. Uh, Big fight. Uh, I've got to be honest. Fast forwarded through a bit of it, Brad, because I was like, well, this is going to be a fight scene that's going to last for about six fucking minutes. Really? I don't understand that. Trying not to drain my life force because I had to watch them push each other into wood that was breakaway wood. Fuck off. I'm such a negative Nelly today. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night. Anyway, I know John Wick would have just rolled him into a into a judo hold and shot him three times in the top of the head. But what was cool was that that crane shot when they finally exhaust themselves and they're lying there, and he says, "I'll never stop," and he just leans over and shoots him in the head. I kind of that was very Indiana Jones esque. I like that. That was fucking it was cool. Good. It yeah. was good. So kudos to the director for that. <laughs> 
And then, but yay, Nick to the rescue. She comes in and kind of stops him from getting shot in the head because the nephew's got a bomb on him. Mm-hmm. And do, now, did you think that Nick was dead at the end of that scene? Um, I saw her blink yeah. her eye, but I thought I thought maybe she was dead. But. I I kind of did, but I kind of didn't. So I wasn't I wasn't sure. Well, I was. I would have been sad. Yes, for her to have died. I kind of thought she died, but then Tyler almost died in the first one. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you never really know about these kinds of movies. Well, at least she didn't have to fall backwards over a bridge and land in water. Like mm-hmm. she, did, she was in Tyler's arms. You know, she was looking up at him. Thanks for saving me, man. That's right. Uh, but why the fuck is the next scene they're in prison? Like, what's up with the, the Austrian authorities? Like, they're the good guys, but they get to go to, they have to go to prison. Well, and what were they in prison for? Was it doing covert ops or was it murdering people? Probably murdering people. But they're the good guys. They're not supposed to uh, go to jail. Yeah. But we do see, thankfully, that um, Nick is alive. Mm -hmm. Good for her. She looked cute in that jumpsuit, too. She did. With her face all scarred up. she She was kicking ass and taking names. She was. Or as they say, or as Mantis said in Avengers Endgame, kicking names and taking ass. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Then Idris is back to save the day as we head to the end of the movie. That's right. Who is, okay, so so his character, who we don't know who he is, do you want my fan theory on that? Okay. All right, here's my fan theory. So he asks some what is your name? I, uh, you know, is it, is it matter? And he doesn't give him his name. And then he asks him who his boss is. And he goes, some badass motherfucker or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Well, my fan theory is, is, you know who I think Idris Elba's character is because we know he's British and they mentioned, well, are you, you going to tell me he's James Bond? Uh, he's James Bond. He is 007, but mm. he's the 007. Who's like leading MI6. I got to say, I mean, 007 would, would just, take this mission himself wouldn't he no because he's in charge now no he's, he's not in a, charge. He's, not yeah. a, he's not a field operative so that's my fan theory is for, for that is that not a terrible theory no i think he's pretty good uh that brings us to the end of the movie thank mm-hmm. god <laughs> i don't understand where the where the hate is coming from for this movie i don't know <laughs> Maybe I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but it just, it's, I just, I was pissed off right at the beginning. And now I know why I chose not to watch the first one, even though it was like right on my screen on, Hey Scott, watch this on Netflix. No Netflix. I'm not watching extraction because I knew what kind of movie it was. And it is, he's no John Wick. He's, he's no John. Okay. He's no John Wick. This this movie, it was an action movie. It was basically a chase. Okay, it was basically one long chase. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a great, filled with great action. See, this is where you and I will always differ because, as I have mentioned before, I truly enjoy the films of Michael Bay because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm watching it to see shit blow up. I'm watching it to see people taking ass and kicking names or whatever the fuck she said. That's why I'm watching. I'm watching because Tyler Rake kicks ass and takes names. Just not as well as other people. Well, okay. He's, he's not John Wick. This I understand, but he's, I mean, you give the guy a weapon, give him a fucking club or a gun or whatever the hell, whatever, whatever's around, and, and he can kick ass. And he can, yes. Actually, what I will say is this. John Wick is a theatrically created character. Yes. That, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't necessarily exist in the real world. Right. But Tyler Rake is is uh, there are guys like Tyler Rake in the yeah. world. So yeah. I'll give it that. Yeah. So even the best SAS, Navy SEALs, Canadian Special Forces, like those guys can still get their ass kicked. 
maybe you know most of them would be able to t- handle taking a tiny little brick to the oh, back for of the fuck's head. <laughs> okay <laughs> but they do there's always a guy who knows a counter move to beat their move now if we're talking about movie character versus movie character he's no john wick but he no. does present he does present a certain realness to the role that we would probably be able to witness in real life as opposed to bulletproof suits and you know multiple forms of martial arts and self-defense that john wick would have or insert any schwarzenegger dolph lundgren jean-claude van damme movie right because yeah i mean when when you're basically i mean we got down to um and really, when we were thinking 007, I mean, I, I was thinking Daniel Craig, which which is he's he's more grounded. In, I, I know it sounds silly, but he's he's a little more grounded in reality than um, like a Roger Moore. Well, Roger, you know, Moore's Roger Moore could basically kick ass, but he really couldn't. No, he was too busy running around on a space station. So they didn't give him good movies. They gave Daniel Craig's James Bond good movies, but. You know, even the special forces guys get punched in the face once in a while. So I will give it for a sense of not having to suspend disbelief to believe the character's abilities. I will give it that. But he doesn't win in a tournament. (laughs) I'm going to disagree with you. But that's movie character versus movie character, right? So (laughs) anyway, uh, Idris Elba is in it. He's cooler. He's cooler than cool. And he could probably kick ass too. Uh, we're at the end of the movie. What was your favorite scene, Brad? Let's get to Brad's favorite scene. Well, obviously, I'm going for the winner. Okay, good call. But I'm I'm actually I'm going to go for the for the car chase, not the train, and not the prison. I'm actually going for the car chase part. Uh, just and you know what actually changed my mind was watching how it was filmed. And, and and all the practical effects and just the amount of rehearsal and work that went into filming that. If you watch how that was filmed, it's fucking incredible. I will try. It it, it was it was uh, I just I just can't believe that they even got it done. But yeah, that's that's what I'm going to go for. An excellent choice, and I probably would have challenged you if you had said uh, my favorite scene was the oneer. I would have challenged you to break down a part of the Warner because it was like 23 minutes long. So of course, totally, totally agree. You've, you've made it an excellent point. Um, part of my, that would have been my favorite scene as well. So we've, we've broken down the movie by act. We've discussed the original. So <laughs> what are you picking by the way? Are you picking the car chase too? I'm no, actually I, I like the train scene better. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I got up to pee during the car chase and didn't see all of it. Or was I making toast? I well. Was I making toast or did I let the dogs out? Jesus. Or was I out looking for bricks <laughs> in my backyard? So, uh, no, <laughs> I like to. You know, ch- I'm going to change my throat punch. You're going to get throat punch. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throat punch you with the brick. <laughs> That's okay. I'll just tur- I'll turn around and you'll just hit me in the back of the head. It'll dissolve. Jesus. All right. So we've broken down the movie. <laughs> act by act it's time to weigh it versus the original and now brad you gotta i'm gonna give you a couple of things here okay all right the the so this is the newest movie we've done yeah it is it is also closest in time like closest by date to the original that we've watched because yep. there was only a year or two difference three was it 2021? Yep. 2020? 2020. Pretty much the closest amount of time between the two movies. It's the newest sequel that we've ever done. What are you giving the sequel as a weight score? Well, Extraction, I gave 75 because it was a good action flick. It was a good, good action, good chases. Um, And I, I personally think that, um, Extraction 2 was was more of the same. It, it was exactly what I expected it to be. Um, and I'm going to keep the same 75. Okay, Brad gives it a 75. All right, so I am going to give it... 
Oh, you're not going to like me. Fuck. (laughs) Okay. So I found it very formulaic. I found it extremely predictable. The, there was nothing that I had never seen before, except maybe some little nuances in the movie. I think I was pissed off watching it to begin just at the beginning. Um, maybe I would have thought differently of it if I had seen the original, but I okay, watched hang on. it before you wait. Let's stick with that point for a second. Do you think that it was necessary to watch part one? Could you just sit down and watch extraction two without watching part one and be able to follow what's going on? Yes, because, and this has affected its score, because they give you information, whether it be through a flashback or just information that the characters provide, I have no idea who they rescued or extracted in the first movie. Um, But I do understand a little bit, except for Nick and Yaz, I do have an, an idea of who... Tyler Rake is right. You know, good fighter, good soldier, pretty weak back of the head. And I think that he, so, okay, here, here's the thing. I'm, and I'm not looking at previous scores for other sequels. I'm just going to give it a 40. I, I just, yes, I could have watched it all by itself. It would have just been a movie with a start, a middle and an end with a typical plot and you know a bunch of explosions and some nicely choreographed things i was going to give it a, a 20 but it got an extra 20 points for the wonder in act 1 fucking so jesus christ man yeah i'm sorry you know i i don't know i i don't i don't know maybe had you watched the first one you might actually give this a higher score or it's- maybe if i had watched the first one i wouldn't have let you choose this one <laughs> but again you now are under strict supervision for your next for your next movies all right so we completely disagree on this film we do and we give it an average score of uh, with yours mind combined the average score is a 50 a 57 and a half yeah that yeah. is it, it ju- deserves more that is just above the matrix resurrections and it is tied for fifth place with Young Guns. Young Guns has a 57.5 as well. Hmm. And uh, also just above, I still know what you did last summer. And is always bringing up the bottom, Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> <laughs> now, that might not necessarily stay at the bottom. You know, what, it might um, not, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be tons of other ones that are going to score worse than Jurassic Park 3. But at the moment... It sits at number six tied. uh, Sorry, tied for number five. All right. So we were having a discussion before this started about the next movie that we're going to do. Yes. Are, are, are we going to stick with that one? Yeah, I think I honestly, I think we should, because I think it's going to be fun because it's kind of hokey, but it still has the same style as the other ones. Except for, except for part one. Well, part one was, Part one was a little bit more intense and a little bit more graphic. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into our first. Technically, we're not in our first horror movie because we did. I still know you did last summer, but we did. We did classify that as bubblegum horror. I don't even know if you could consider this a horror movie either. I'll I'll go with the bubblegum horror too. Well, we are going to do next week. Stay tuned for a nightmare on elm street part four dream warriors warriors yeah that's what we're doing you know i'm actually i'm actually kind of excited to watch this again because i haven't watched this one in years and i i i i I, a little spoiler i remember i really enjoyed that movie Uh, yep and i no idea what i'm going to think about it now i probably haven't seen it for 20 years i believe if memory serves, we went to see it in the theater at the old, probably at the old Cedarbury cinemas in Scarborough. Yeah. Cause this wasn't, this wasn't an uptown movie. No, 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 it wasn't worth it. Um, but I believe that we went to see it and I remember it was either this one or the next one that we went to see in the theater. And there was a girl sitting behind us commentating during the entire movie. 
And I just wanted to throat punch her. But again, you don't throat punch women. So true. Unless they're movie characters. Right. Or, you know, they are carrying a brick in their hand. Anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the Electric Boogaloo Podcast. Brad, any final words before we sign off? Um, yeah, you suck. <laughs> Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, on Facebook. And if you'd like to support the show, please join us at www.patreon.com forward slash the Electric Boogaloo Podcast. Support the show access to exclusive content and you might even get a t-shirt too or would you like to be a producer on the show join us join us on the show you get to pick the movie we will review it together as a threesome it's it's an exciting concept a threesome oh sorry that is an exciting concept i said pardon <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thanks so much brad as always thank you so much for joining me today well you know thanks for having me thanks for being there Head dip. We're out for now. <laughs>